Can you hear me? Can you hear me? Move your consciousness towards the stage. <laughs> okay, let's go. All right. Welcome, guys, to the first official Bridges of Meaning Festival in Germany. Thank you. Yes. Thank you. Yeah, we're so excited that you all could come and be a part of this, even uh, with the weather and all the other conditions. But uh, yeah, we are looking forward to this event. And before we kick it off, we'd just like to say a few words. Exactly, exactly. Also from me, welcome to the first Bridges of Meaning Festival. Uh, this was not supposed to happen. Uh, that's a phrase that Job said to Paul in one of their early videos. And I'm sure that a lot of us can subscribe to, uh, to this, this phrase. And it's, it's true that this journey was not supposed to happen. Certainly not for me. And um, yeah, it was certainly a wild ride to this point. For me, it changed completely how I see the world uh, and how I see reality. And yeah, reali reality uh, started to change for me over time as I participated more and more in the Bridges of Meaning community. And yeah, during that time, it was a huge help to uh, be able to look over the shoulder of uh, Paul, of John, of Byrne and others uh, for guidance during that time. And over time, I started to ask myself, what does this change of how I view the world mean for my day-to-day -day life? And, you know, for a long time, I was just a lurker uh, in the community. And I just read the posts. I didn't fully participate. And um, yesterday, when I drove uh, my car to Landau, I had the thought that lurking really means not fully participating in reality. And I think that's also why uh, people have such an urge to meet each other, each other here in real life. And because it's not enough to meet each other online, I think. And I think we all realize that. And this is really what the festival is about, to bring what Bridges of Meaning and the Estuary Movement developed online um, into the real world and to make friendships and to make human connections and build sustainable communities. And that's also why we uh, really hope to be able to make this an annual event. And this is the first time. And we thank you all for traveling such a long way from the USA, from Georgia, from Israel, from Austria, from the Netherlands, from Poland, from the Czech Republic, and all over Germany. And did I forget any country? I don't know. Macedonia? Macedonia? South Africa? Switzerland? Okay, yeah. Many places. We're truly international. <laughs> oh, yeah. Oh, yeah. Yeah, so, um, yeah, thank you all for coming. And now we uh, give you a rundown of the day, I think. A yeah, bit. I just want to echo what Matthias said. We're so grateful for you to be here. And um, I would not be here in Europe without Bridges of Meaning. And um, I just know the change that it can make to make these connections you made online become reality. So we're so happy that you're here and participating. Uh, before we get thrown in, I just want to kind of give reminders. I know some people know about the estuary movement and have been a part of it, and some are new to it. So just to run down, estuary is all about creating neutral spaces for people of all walks of life to have really good conversations about big ideas and small and um, be 
people first. So understanding people's stories and how that shapes the way they see the world. So try your best to do that during the festival. We trust you all very uh, much, and we've seen how, good, how well you've done that so far. So um, please keep doing that. But if there is any issues, you have any questions or um, whatever, please come to me or Matias. We're happy to help you. And uh, you know, we want to keep everything civil and make everybody uh, find those connections. Uh, for our speakers, if you could just be um, attentive while they're speaking, if you need to take a break or walk out, that's totally fine. Just uh, you know, be quiet and do your best to uh, avoid the wires we have going on. Um, yeah, a anything I missed? Oh, I don't think so. Uh, we are guests of the Sudstern Community Center, and some of their community members and their staff will be around. So just show them kindness and gratitude for letting us be here. And um, please clean up and pick up your trash. You know, we want to leave this place better than we found it. Um, so uh, that's all we have to say, but uh, we are going to bring up our first speaker. Uh, today we have John Van Donk who's going to be speaking to us today about estuary protocol. He created a, a little, uh, how would you call it? Experience. Yes, an experience to uh, help people understand what estuary is and how to run those groups. And so we're really excited to not only get him to explain what it is and why he created it, but also participate in it in the next section. So without further ado, please help us welcome John Van Donk. <laughs> Thank you, Cassidy, and thank you, Matthias. Um, I had a, a, a weird realization yesterday when I was telling Danny about, uh, uh, about our two excursions in the Netherlands. We went to uh, the north to kind of explore Paul's roots in uh, Groningen. And then we went, on Thursday, we went to um, the Delta Works, and uh, the, the point is driven home there how potentially dangerous an estuary can be because uh, we were reminded of the big flood of 1953. If you're not familiar with it, Google it some other time. And uh, thousands of people lost their lives. Hundreds of thousands of people lost all their belongings and cattle and livelihood. And uh, the big rivers and the ocean uh, were angry. And it's difficult to think about that uh, as, a, as a force of nature without there being some agency behind it. So we don't know exactly what God had in mind when he uh, did that. But uh, the Dutch people rose to the challenge and said, let's see if we can make it so that that will never happen again. And so they built the levees and they built the big um, dikes and they built the big sluices and the big gates that can be opened and closed and and we had a lovely day on Thursday to kind of familiarize ourselves with that but it was a great um, reminder for us to also think about our symbolic use of the word estuary in a kind of a meaningful way estuary is a lovely place it's between fresh water and salt water it can be very romantic and very beautiful and very meaningful it can also be very dangerous and uh, chaos reigns in the estuary and it, it would be a, it would be a, a, an illusion to think that we can control all those dangers we shouldn't think that we can but perhaps we can kind of mitigate it just a little bit you know um, 
maybe you've seen uh, some earlier video that Paul and I made about estuary in which I raised the question, should there be any dredging? We uh, talked with Job about, the, uh, about the, the, the town that he's from, which is from a, a, a long, long line of dredgers. They, they make the, the, the waterways deeper so tall ships can go through it. And um, we asked the question, should we dredge the estuary? Should we make it smoother? And, you know, so we know where the boundaries are. In the end, it's all an illusion, quite frankly. The estuary will always be the estuary. But um, that is also what kind of makes it exciting. And all of you are sort of stepping into that space. And perhaps not all of you know what we have in mind when we talk about estuary in the sense of, of a space between maybe a more religious space, the church, and a more wild and woolly place, the world, and uh, what can happen in the area in between. You know, uncertain territory, difficult to chart, forever changing, but uh, that's kind of where, where the whole idea of estuary came from. That's how Paul came up with the idea. So now we're going to try and practice a little estuary thing later on. After I first introduce you to some of the some of the details and the dynamics in the estuary. And I'm going to use a very simple um, little gimmick. You know, you've been at corporate, you know, meetings where they tell you that they're going to talk about the, the what, where, why, how, and who. Well, that's what I'm going to do. I'm not that original, and I'm not going to reinvent the wheel. So we're going to talk about what estuary is, and um, we're going to talk about where it should take place, and and uh, who it's for, and uh, how it's done, and, uh, and finally, why. So I have a working definition that has not been universally accepted in the community. I have a working definition of estuary that goes like this. Estuary is a physical, in-person space where we welcome, listen carefully, where we welcome everyone's myopic mental meanderings. I say that unapologetically. But where, over time, as friendships develop and mutual trust grows, we may come to see in each other's reflections more nuanced insights, which sometimes, not always, sometimes, as by some higher power, give way to truth, sometimes even actionable truth. That's a mouthful, huh? I, I don't apologize for it. It's, uh, it's, come, it's come from my own experience. Um, sometimes it's easier when, when a bunch of guys and gals get together to, to talk about ethereal, highfalutin things that are somewhat far removed from the daily experience because when we live up there, then we don't have to feel what's going on down here. I'm of the theory that sometimes our intellectual explorations are more like diversions from real life than that they are real life in themselves. I'm sorry to say that for those of you who think that, you know, your highfalutin discussions are very important, but hey, what can I say? <laughs> Um, so, so then, so where does that happen? 
Where, where, where can these physical spaces be? I'm going to not actually solve that problem. I just want you to be aware that there is an ongoing debate in the estuary community whether the estuary should be church adjacent or not. Should the estuary be something that the church offers the community and reserves a space somewhere off to the side where we're you know, in kind of almost in the, in the image of the outer court in the Old Testament. Some of you may familiar, be familiar with that picture from the Bible where the uh, Israelites were asked to build a temple and, uh, and, then, and there was to be an outer court, a place where, where uh, now I gotta be real careful here. You're not gonna beat me up, Cassidy. So this is the place where, we, where the Gentiles and the women were allowed. Outer space, outer place where, where com commerce took place. That's the place where Jesus overturned the tables and, you know. So anyway, that is the place adjacent to the church. Or, alternately, someplace totally unrelated to the church in a, in a community bar or a community room or, or a restaurant or someplace where, you know, it's really not, it doesn't give you any sense at all that it has anything to do with faith or religion or church. This is an open debate. You need to kind of wrap your own head around where you think that ought to be. And depending on your own faith convictions and your own experience with church, you kind of need to figure out, well, where do I think it ought to be? Ought it be church adjacent or not? So that takes care of what and where. Uh, who? Who is it for? Again, this is an open discussion, and some of it has popped up in the comments section for our uh, estuary discussion that we held in Holland, the Netherlands, as they now say, um, where there was some talk about whether estuary is inevitably a sausage fest. Should it be? Is estuary exclusive of women? How important is it that the guys have a space for themselves to explore certain issues which perhaps the, the feminine mind, as beautiful as it is, does not necessarily feel at home in the same way? We can all have that discussion with uh, Cassidy later. She will set you all straight about that. <laughs> But um, yeah, who, who is this for? And so again, I, I am myself, I have never taken a position on that. When I do a meetup.com invitation to an estuary event, I don't say this is for guys only. And so I've had quite a few women show up in our gatherings and they participate and they make a wonderful contribution and I love it when they're there. But I can tell the difference when the women are there. It's different from when they're not there. And some things go better without women. Who? How? So, this how thing has to do with those levees that you see in southwest the Netherlands where they try to tame the estuary. So, is it, is it a reasonable or a good thing to try and give some structure to an estuary gathering? And also about this, there are some different opinions because uh, I know that there are people on the Bridges of Meaning Discord server who think that my efforts at 
training leaders through ELSNET is a misguided effort to try and control the process. And I tell them, so different groups will have different perspectives on that. Different groups will do their conversations in different ways. I merely offer this as a tool to make it easier for a leader to kind of navigate the process in such a way that it becomes meaningful to all the participants. My goal is that all the people who show up at an estuary meeting feel a sense of belonging there, feel a sense that they can have something to contribute, feel like they have an equal voice in whatever is going on, and feel like they're not being subjected to somebody's agenda. Agenda is a, often a dirty word in a lot of places, you know. People don't want to have their, somebody else's agenda crammed down their throat. In, in, in the way we do the estuary experience according to the protocol, the goal is that everybody is able to make an equal contribution to what actually happens, and that's what I'm going to now describe to you. Because in my estuary meetings, after we first introduce ourselves, anytime there is a new person in our group, we always go around the circle and we say, you know, my name is so-and-so, I'm from blah, 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 and the way I got here is the whole customary religion, you know, route of, you know, I saw a Jordan Peterson video after I watched Joe Rogan, and then I saw Jonathan Peugeot, and I ran into Paul Van de Clay, and Paul Van de Clay has this really cool thing going called Estuary, and then they click on Estuary, and then all they see is me. So, sorry. Um, Then, after we've all introduced each other, to each, ourselves to each other, then the next thing that needs to happen is we need to get some topics on the table from which to select the conversation for the remainder of the time that we are together. So the estuary protocol serves one purpose and one purpose only. It serves the purpose of having the group democratically decide what will be the topic for discussion for that particular session of the estuary? I forgot something. I need to back up and introduce this tiny little piece, the when. When, in my case, is twice a month at minimum. These groups need to meet with some regularity. You need to have an opportunity to get to know each other. You need to meet together often enough so you can remember each other's names, so you can you know, have some sense of predictability and ritual in your own life. Estuary needs to happen regularly. So don't think of it as something you do once a year or something you do twice a, you know, twice a year or something you do very irregular and sporadic. It's really a good idea to have a fixed schedule, put something on the calendar so it becomes a predictable pattern in your life and the life of those that are going to be part of your estuary. Back to the how. So now we're going to put a topic on the table. The way we do that in my estuary is we go around and I ask people, since the last time we were together, what has been prominent in your thinking? What have you been thinking about a lot? What have you been obsessing about? What have you been particularly interested in, in the, one of the following four areas? And I, I need to clarify here, because I, I know there was some confusion about that in the Netherlands when we tried to do this. The four areas are not four areas in which you have to report what, should, you know, what you've been thinking about. No, the four areas are one or at most two of. 
So you choose from one of these four areas. First of all, because a lot of people come to an estuary-like thing because they are sort of excited about the possibility of intellectual exchange and conversation. The first question I say is, what have you been thinking about intellectually? Maybe you saw one of Paul Vanderclay's videos. You want to talk about that. Maybe you uh, saw another video. You want to talk about that. Maybe you read a really cool book. You want to share about that. Maybe you listen to a podcast. You want to talk about that. Intellectually, what has turned your crank, gotten your attention, something that you want to explore. But you also live in a context. So the second thing is contextually. What's going on in your town? What's in the news? What's, you know, what, what's, what's in the newspaper? Uh, are there elections going on? Are there riots in the street? Are there fires, floods? Uh, you know, is there an enormous drought and the whole country is drying up and the rivers aren't flowing? And what is actually going on in your immediate surroundings that has people talking? You know, this is a big thing and you can't just ignore it. And so I have no problem with people wanting to bring up political questions. You know, we have an election going on, and so-and-so says this or that, and I totally disagree with that. Well, put that on the table as a topic. I should also clarify here that the idea of putting something on the table is not give a half-an-hour lecture about it. The idea of putting something on the table is to bring a topic with a brief description so people know what it's about, and then you put that on the table, and also, another thing that I just forgot to mention is prior to this little exercise, I always tell people, listen carefully, and listening carefully is a great gift you give to one another. Listen carefully to what the other people are saying because you're going to be called upon later on to select from all the things that are being put on the table the thing you as a group would like to decide to further explore in conversation. So you got to listen. You got to make sure you know what other people have put on the table before you can make a meaningful selection. So contextually. Okay, so the other thing is that you are people. You have personal lives. You have uh, relationships. Perhaps you got fired from your job. Maybe you moved to a different town. Maybe you, uh, your, your grandma died or you have a new baby or these very personal things that sort of can take prominence in our experience and in our saliency. They, they, these are things that impress themselves upon your mind and they are urgent. And this is not to say that we are going to talk at length about you know, why you got fired, or we're going to talk at length about why you got divorced, or why we're going to talk at length about your grandma who died. No, that's not going to happen. But we want to be able to say to each other, hey, this is my life today. You know, we want to kind of give an opportunity to care on, in a personal way for one another. And finally, the fourth category is estuarily. I made up that word. It's not in the dictionary. Um, I got quite a compliment from Stephanie, who created a whole, uh, uh, what do you call it, a podcast or a thing on, online called Estuarily. If you type in Estuarily, you can actually find it. There's a, she does an artistic rendition of all kinds of things related to estuary. So Estuarily. So maybe you want to say something about Estuarily, about the way we are together, about our group. 
Maybe you think we should move to a different place. We should move to a, a different room, or we should not sit in a circle, we should sit in a square. Or maybe somebody should bring refreshments. Or maybe we should get a different leader because the one we have we really don't like, and we're going to depose him and get a new one. All those things are open for discussion. I don't run a tyranny. I want people to feel like they have some control over what's happening. So, intellectually, contextually, personally, estuarily. From those four categories, pick one or perhaps two and tell the group what you think about or what you have been thinking about in relation to one of those categories that you would like to put on the table. I always, I almost feel like I need to have a, a little table sitting in the circle, in the middle of the circle. I don't want a big table. Our seating arrangement is always just chairs in a circle in, in my group. And then I, I feel like I need to have a little table in the middle so I can point to it. And we're actually putting things on that table. And now there's a big pile of stuff in the table because everybody has put something on it. Now we're going to go around the room one more time in the same order. What is on the table right now that captures your imagination, that you feel drawn to, that resonates with you? What is on the table that you would like to explore more in the time remaining? Well, that requires, first of all, that you have listened carefully to what people were actually saying and that you have some sense of what that means to that person. And so maybe you can see a connection between what so-and-so said and what so-and-so said and what so-and-so said. And you may make that observation and say, well, I believe that what Teddy said and what Danny said and what Cassidy said, those three things are kind of the same. So why don't we put those together and that is one topic. It's a very democratic process. I don't usually say as the leader, hey, you know, uh, I think we ought to talk about this. I, I feel that that's totally inappropriate for the, for the leader of the estuary to do. It should arise from the group in democratic fashion. So now we have a bunch of stuff on the table. We've picked the topic that we think we are gonna talk about. And in my case, I usually like a two hour period. And so the remaining time, we're gonna talk about that thing. And the transition from, from trying to figure out what is the common denominator and what is the agreed upon topic to actually starting to have the conversation is really complicated. As a leader, it's a, it's one of the most difficult things you have to do. This is how I do it. I say, let's go. That's all I do. I say, let's go. And then the conversation just naturally starts. And people will know what the topic is that is on the table and conversation will emerge and erupt and it'll be lively and it'll be wonderful. So that is the estuary protocol, the thing to put some parameters about how you do the discussion, then the next question is, um, who, what, where, when, how, we've done the how, we've done the where, the why, the why, exactly. So why do this? And this thing that I said about how sometimes truth bubbles up when you listen carefully to each other and you gain new insights because you trust the other person and you're able to listen very well to what he says, maybe in a way that you've never listened to anything or anybody before, all of a sudden 
something jumps out at you. And it is almost mysterious how thoughts can change and how your mind can change and how your thinking can change and how in the presence of others you can experience a revelation, sometimes even the revelation that changes your life for the better, hopefully. So that would be the why. And then I want to go back one more time to who. Because as a group here, we are, we are surrounded by people here who all know Paul Vanderclay. We're surrounded by people who have spent a lot of time online listening to his YouTube videos. Uh, and it is kind of comfortable to turn on your TV and, or your computer or your smartphone and to kind of let it come over you and let it happen to you. But um, I'm here to say that you would have even more meaning. You would derive more meaning from the whole thing if you kind of made some kind of a commitment to want to pass on what you've learned to some other people. So right now I'm going to actually put the challenge to you all to think of yourself as perhaps, and I, I, I don't say this, this everybody's going to do this, but I'm saying think of the possibility that you in your own little space, your own little environment, can start a group to do this for the people in your immediate, immediate surroundings and then ask the question, is it really necessary and important that every one of them starts listening to Paul Vanderclay online? Because if you go that route, then they're first going to get sidetracked to an online experience. Paul and I are friends, by the way. It's not that I'm trying to derive uh, subscribers away from Paul's channel. But what I'm trying to say is if you avoid that trap of listening to Paul Vanderclay online and you immediately go the route of gathering some people through meetup.com in your own sphere of influence, in your own environment, and among your own friends, in the school you go to, the workplace or the neighborhood where you live, or perhaps the church or a bar or wherever you find people, what I'm saying is that if you go directly the route of meeting face-to-face, eyeball-to-eyeball, I mean, Cassidy said it so well, you know, we've all come here because we have a sense that meeting online is just not enough. What I'm trying to say to you right now, and I'm not embarrassed to say it, don't tell other people to first go online. Oh, you should listen to Paul Vanderclay online. No. Invite him to your own space, practice the estuary protocol, and make meaning right where you live. And I would like to challenge each one of you to become leaders in that direction because we need more people to start these groups in more communities and more places around the world. If you need help being a leader, sign up for ELSNET. Uh, ELSNET is the uh, Estuary Leaders Support Network. We have regular meetings online. Yeah, online. I, I know, I know what you mean, but that's because it is worldwide. It's people from all over the world that are all gathering to talk about how to start these groups together on the ground. So you've gotten a bit of a taste now, and uh, I think we're going to do it in a little while, right, Cassidy? Is that is that correct? I also want to say one other thing, and that is that um, we all have a sense that we're at the beginning of something. 
we all have a sense that this is, you know, this is the first time we're gathered here for this festival. I want to say two more things about that. One is that without the initiative of the German festival organizing group, you should take way more credit for, for what you have accomplished than what you think. Because nothing would have happened in Holland. Nothing will happen in London, in Birmingham, in Manchester, in Salisbury. Salisbury? Am I saying it right? Salisbury? 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 Okay, I need to practice this because I'm being held accountable to this online. People are saying I'm saying it wrong. So in Belfast, you know, nothing would happen on this big European trip if it wasn't for the um, German guys and gals to put this stuff on the ground here, right here, that inspired all these people out there to say, hey, well, if the Germans can do it, then so can we. So, you know, so <laughs> that's kind of how it works. So, so anyway, um, so there's that. And then the other thing that I was going to say is we, we definitely are on the ground floor of something big and important. I, I feel it in my bones. There's stuff happening, and we are at the beginning of it. So um, my friend Justin is uh, part of my own estuary in, uh, in Chino. And anything I say about my estuary, you can ask him about, you can ask him if it's true, because I'm not making this stuff up. You know, he, I have a witness. I brought him as a witness. So, so, um, so you might want to talk to him to see if any of what I said about my estuary is true. Ask Justin. But Justin also is a filmmaker, and he has some experience with how to document things. And he is especially gifted in the idea of bringing a group of people together in order to together crowdsource the, uh, and document that way the origins and the beginning of the estuary movement and the, this corner of the internet. And, and I think that he has visions of it being quite a bit bigger than just the estuary by itself, but the estuary is gonna be an important part of this little corner of the internet. So uh, if you have any aspirations or dreams about you know, wanting to be a filmmaker or wanting to uh, participate in a big project like that, uh, Justin has ideas about how to collaborate all these things together, and he's gonna be talking about that right now. Okay, uh, so I'm, I'm Justin. Um, I uh, was already in Europe. Everyone says, uh, you came all the way from Los Angeles. I, was, I would finish a job in Greece, and uh, a film job, and then I was on vacation after the job here in Europe and figured I'd swing by here on the, on the way home. Um, but um, so I, I met a lot of you guys, and you guys are one thing for sure, way more intelligent than I am. So, um, so you should all feel good about that. Um, <laughs> but uh, no, I, I just so so I so I'm a I, I, I'm a film guy, Hollywood guy, um, and I uh, I was thinking about uh, talking to Paul about uh, this phenomenon of uh, as you guys say this little corner of the internet, and I was thinking, um, and this is just a question for the community whether or not something like this might be something that you guys would want. Um, the internet is like a big, a fast river, and, and it's like all of these conversations going on, and people are kind of like launching their little boats into this stream and then going down, going down the stream, and it's like, uh, you know, 
when you, uh, I don't know if, how you guys do it, but I, I check my little uh, YouTube or, and I see, well, what's the latest thing people have been talking about? You know, I might put, uh, put Paul on in the car and then he'll mention uh, Peugeot, his latest video. And I go, oh, he's got a new video. Okay, maybe I should check that out. You're right. And it's all, it's all about kind of immediacy and it's experiences as you're going, as you're going down the river, right? And so what I do is um, I like to kind of sit back and reflect a little bit and take kind of like um, appreciate uh, where you are and, and, and what's happening. So documenting phenomena. I'm really, really interested in uh, we should really pay attention to this phenomena that's happening, right? So the question for you guys would be, would it be helpful to have, uh, you know, a, a film, a self-contained film that provides some context and some background information and some testimonials from people that have been involved with this little corner of the internet um, that would basically serve as something like, uh, like happened to me at, uh, at John's estuary uh, where someone afterwards in the parking lot said, uh, hey, so what is all of these videos that you guys watch, right? Because he didn't know. And I was thinking, and he goes, well, what should I watch first? What, you know, should I, how would, how would I familiarize myself with, uh, and I was like, oh, I have no idea where to start, you know? Um, and, <laughs> right. Um, so, you know, maybe it might be nice to have something that would provide some, testimonials, short testimonials of people that have been impacted by this little corner, uh, something that might explain a little bit about who the major sort of figures are, uh, all the J's, John, uh, Jonathan, uh, Jordan, and the P, Paul, um, or, you know, anybody else that you might think, you know, and then maybe some of the terms creatively done, some of the, uh, although I, I mentioned that earlier and, and some people said, Maybe that's not a good idea, but I feel like this is kind of like um, a brainstorming period for me, whether or not the community might be interested in something in something like that. So I'm open to any conver any uh, ideas or conversations that you guys, guys might want to have with me about what a document, uh, a filmed documentation of this phenomena might look like. And I have some ideas, but I kind of want the community to... Uh, it to come from the community if it were to happen. Um, and um, the, the nice thing about uh, documentary film is that you don't have to wait. You, you can start even while you're in the brainstorming phase, right? You can start gathering material, you know? So um, I would like to open it up to you guys. If you do want to talk to me, give me a five minute, a three minute or 60 second testimonial about what you think this corner of the internet is about why you came here. Uh, I have a camera set up in the room over there and you can pull me aside and, and we can uh, do a, a, a short interview. Uh, if you want it even shorter, I have my, my um, camera sunglasses and, I, and they only record 60 seconds. So a 60 second, I can do a quick, uh, a quick testimonial if you guys want. So please just come talk to me um, <laughs> and let me know if you guys want to be involved with that. And, and then um, uh, I, I Cassidy, I guess we can provide a way if you guys want to get in touch with me about ideas about this in the future. So uh, that's, uh, that's all I want to say. Thank you so much, Justin and John, for your uh, talks. <laughs> um, yes, like Justin said, 
I'm happy to take any emails if you're interested in the Estuary Leadership Network or any information on a future documentary project or some type of project for that. Just see me, I'll get your emails and we can direct that wherever you want it to go. Um, so uh, we've, after finishing John's section, now we're gonna break up and actually participate in the Estuary uh, Protocol. Yes. <laughs> so uh, we've got some leaders who are have committed to uh, running the groups and they'll meet you at the back of the tent try to break up into groups of four or five it's okay if you're in groups with people you already know but we strongly suggest that if you can also bring in some people you don't know that can give you a real sense of what estuary really is and we think it will be the most beneficial but you're all adults <laughs> we're letting you do whatever you want but uh, that would be our suggestion so uh, we're gonna do that now take a quick break to go to the bathroom if you need but we're gonna move straight into that and uh, We'll be moving you to different spaces, either inside the house or around this tent so that you have space to do that. Any questions? Where, where do you want the leaders to meet? Uh, if they can just meet at the back of the tent and then we can spread out. I know it's uh, raining a little bit, but it stopped mostly. <laughs> and so we'll separate you into places where you won't get covered. Matthias, did you have anything else? That's it. So if there's no other questions, um, we can break up into groups. Hey guys, let's wrap up the conversation. Um, and sit down. Yep. So Baron's going to say a few words, but he might ask for feedback. If somebody wants to say something, just raise your hand. I will come and bring a mic to you so you can be nice. heard by all. Nice. So, um, I looked around a little bit and I saw that quite a few of you were engaged in very meaningful conversations. And so there's two things that are happening. One is that the meaning and the essence of those conversations are now with you. They are part of your thinking. You, you touched with each other on something important at a very personal level and you, uh, you experienced the estuary. Now I want you to shift your mind a little bit and ask a different kind of question. Can I repeat in a different place, in a different context, what just happened here in your group? Can I create that kind of um, atmosphere and mutual acceptance and uh, some kind of discipline uh, to create this kind of trust level where this kind of personal conversation can happen. So um, I, I would like to ask some feedback from you guys and, 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 and say, you know, let's not talk about the real, about the specific content of your conversation, but, but maybe comment a little bit on, on how you got there. Was the estuary protocol uh, relevant? Was it helpful? Was it, how did you think it worked for you? So I, I would like to hear some of you uh, give, give each other some feedback and Cassidy will, will give you a, a mic. So raise your hand if you want to comment on that. Do we have any volunteers? Oh, Teddy, yay. Nobody volunteers. Like Teddy. When nobody volunteers, Teddy will always volunteer himself. Um, can you ask again the question, John? 
what did you think the estuary protocol did to create the conversation you just had or was it irrelevant no it was relevant because the there's there's it gives it gives opportunity especially to people who are um, more shy and more closed off to be in the spotlight and that's a crucial element of the SGRA protocol because a lot of us are extroverts and a lot of us like to speak some not but I do and we usually grab the mic and start talking and the protocol is um, get, like getting those shy people that even those small minutes that they in the in the beginning hour to to speak and be there with the group and be inclusive in the group and, and be yeah, and participate in that even in, uh, if after uh, when the free flow conversation is happening they are not as active they were they are already part of us so it's really good that the structure of the sgre is the rounds and uh, introducing each other presenting ideas presenting stuff that bothering us at the beginning and then we're going to the free flow let's go crazy talk about everything all at once so i found that in that sense is really helpful and another uh, thing that I really wanted to say, because this is my second SGRE, well, third SGRE, second SGRE that, um, but this one is live. And compared to the online, uh, as we, um, as Stefan mentioned, it's in our, in our group, is, is so much different because the cues that you get from other people who are just sitting you and live there and just nodding. And I know, I noticed in my corner of my eye that, they are there and they're responding to to what I'm saying it, it gives a certain um, encouragement and a certain encouragement to think more and to progress with your thinking and with your kind of putting your heart on the table and like look at it judge it in the online it's harder it's harder we still manage to do that because we have certain commonalities between us maybe the videos and the community the small community that we have but it's so much different in in their real world <laughs> thank you so estuarily speaking who else has a observation or a comment that you would like to share with the group um, I think the two most important things were first of all to in, in order to have this kind of conversations I guess you have to have a certain level of trust established first and the f well this way I have the microphone man <laughs> um, so uh, the very first round of the conversation the, the introducing yourselves is really important for that because you kind of initiate this um, mutual acceleration of opening yourself up towards the group, towards the other people, the other participants, and kind of everybody has this, as Teddy said, even though you're kind of, or, or you have this pro proclivity um, to 
withhold some information, perhaps if you're an introvert, you have at least this, you made the first step already, right? Um, so this is the precondition for what follows next. And uh, I think the second um, part of the protocol, which is very important, is to have this kind of, um, these four categories, which serve as a scaffold to orient yourself um, to select some useful content, right? So for example, I always have the problem when someone asks me like, so what are you about these days? And I'm like, <laughs> I don't even know. <laughs> like, I cannot come up with anything. So, but if you have these kind of leading questions, it's so much more easier, right? So you, you think about, okay, what happens contextually? Did I read something in the news? What's happening in town? Um, am I shifting jobs? Am I thinking about moving? Like, w what's up personally? And you have this... Yeah, as I said, the scaffolding, so it makes it easier to select the content. And I think these two, the opening up at first, the introducing yourselves to, as a, as a precondition um, for yeah, establishing the trust, which is necessary then to have a productive um, uh, conversation. And the second part, the um, a method of selecting the content. These are the two most helpful parts of the protocol. Yeah, thank, thank you. you very much. Someone else? Um, I think um, this protocol, you don't really uh, have to use it only in this context, but it's also a helpmate for having, uh, for example, also small talk. So um, I think especially a yeah, more introverted person can use it to as a help to to just be more extroverted. Yeah, no, <laughs> good point. So yeah, yeah I think it's, it's a very good... It's a very good tool, and um, yeah. Thank you. Thank you. Thank you. Yeah, I, I, I would be very open also to criticism. I mean, I'd, I'd love to hear somebody who say, says uh, we don't really need this at all, and I uh, I would just soon not bother with it. So, um, yeah. Now it looks like I'm uh, going to have criticism, but uh, I I, I want to speak from a little bit of a different angle because I think looking at yourself through these categories. Um, makes you reflect on, on your week or your two weeks and having a regular moment in your life where you're making that reflection, you're articulating that reflection to other people and you also see other people making that move towards themselves and the way that they make that move towards themselves uh, allows you to uh, get a new relationship to yourself and I think we should also recognize that's a valuable process and actively participated in in that way thank you Manuel. do you did you guys notice what he did he did something really cool did you notice that he spoke as if he already is in a estuary that meets every two weeks Th that's how he spoke because because you said you know since the last time we were together you know this happened in this particular period so it gives you a, a time reference you know, you don't have to talk about the bottom end of your life. You can just say, well, in these last two weeks, this is what I thought about. But, th but that's the value of a regularly meeting estuary. That's kind of a cool thing in that respect. Anyone else? Yeah, I have a little one because at the same time, I also feel this group, I could speak with everybody for hours anyway. So 
So I'm very curious to hear eventually experience from people with uh, that are not from this sort of community yet. So you just talk to somebody locally somewhere, and then if it really keeps that conversation going as well for all those hours. Like I'm very curious if the experience is going to be the same. So. Very legitimate question. Uh, maybe you want to speak to that. I can, uh, yeah, exactly. I can speak to. I actually tried to do it my in my church group, uh, the youth group, um, and like we we already making it right in the sense that we really meet every week and have conversation and it just flows. But one week I really tried to make it, try to follow the protocol. Um, it was actually kind of difficult that people have the discipline to just listen to the other person, don't interrupt in the middle. So like it took an ages to just go to the round and then we were out of time. Mo okay. Oh, that's different. <laughs> <laughs> so anyways, like um, I think the dip discipline of j in the first round, just listening it, it's really important, it's difficult, and some groups don't have that. Um, but like, I think you don't, you don't always have to follow to the, to the T. Now, like the content of every round, um, it's more important to just give the, peer, the person that space so they are in the, in the focus light. Um, but sometimes with the question, like bring something new, they start to respond in what the other ones already said, and I think that's okay. Yes, but you did point out the importance of listening, and uh, I actually, it's a w it's one of the more important features of of the uh, of the estuary protocol for everyone to at least be become somewhat disciplined in listening, because listening is not something we naturally bring to the table. So to learn to listen, and that'll also have a bearing. Then once the free conversation starts, you know, then too we carry that listening into that part of the of the time together. So, anyone else? Oh yeah, it's m it may be just me, but I don't really enjoy the first part of it when I have to put things on the table. I kind of, I feel forced to come up with something. <laughs> not, not, not comfortable for me. I would much rather just react to other people what they bring to the table and that that's that's when I may join discussion or I may not but you, I so uh, uncomfortable for me <laughs> okay anyone else share that thought or feeling uh, Joe yeah during our meeting I brought up that I find it difficult to keep track of what everybody's saying and then it comes to me like oh it's my turn Oh, but I've been keeping track of everybody else so I can respond later. And now I have to come up with something on the spot. And that can be kind of difficult if there's maybe not too much going on or you feel like, oh, I need to come up with something now. Everybody's looking. And that can be difficult for somebody who, who's doing this for the first time. Yeah. So that's a very good transition then to something that I, I would like to uh, suggest and in order to uh, make that a little bit more relevant, I would like to first ask by a show of hands, how many of you see yourself within the next five years starting and leading an estuary group where you live? By a show of hands. Okay, so that then means that it would behoove you as Job just observed to kind of feel a little bit more comfortable with the process 
And what we do in our estuary leadership uh, support network is to make all the participants comfortable with the process. So it is not uh, pressure on you to start a group sooner or later. It's just an opportunity for everyone who feels a need to show up and, uh, and to participate in, in an estuary-like conversation. We do this online, mind you. I, I, I have to admit, it is online. And, and I think that uh, Teddy's observation about how different that is from doing it person in person is totally relevant. I mean, that's an important distinction. But we do it to make sure that we're comfortable with the process and that we can use it to lead another group. Now, I, what, when I think about it, I may be more comfortable as a leader, actually, because then I can remove myself from putting anything on the table, <laughs> right? I'm just running. Very, thing, very yeah? true. <laughs> and he has just put his finger on why I'm the proponent of the uh, leadership role, and that is because I'm very lazy and I don't want to bring nothing. So, so. Good point. <laughs> very good point. So, I, in other words, what I really want you to, to if you if you're serious about imagining yourself being a leader of a group like this, I want you to consider the possibility of attending a few sessions of the Estuary Leadership Network and uh, make sure that Cassidy gets your email address uh, with that intention clearly indicated and then we'll get in touch with you about that. The other thing, more, more easily, if you wanna bypass that whole Cassidy, Cassidy likes to be in the middle of things, but if you wanna bypass Cassidy, you just go to estuaryhub.com and fill out the I wanna be a leader uh, part of the of the website and this is a place where you can yeah i'm a great middleman so if you want go through go go through go through cassidy all right no it's okay either way if you do want to go through the festival to get more information on other speakers or what we're doing um to create more events please give us our email you can talk to me or matthias um and we'll collect that but yeah you can also go directly to any of the websites or resources that any of our speakers have to understand more about what they're doing because it is different than what we do as festival organizers. Yes.